Welcome to the Goat Turpins with Travis Garrison on the Fantasy State Networks. I got a special guy with me today, my former coach, Coach Dave Dickerson. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Travis. It's great to see you, man. Likewise, likewise. I think last time I saw you, uh, when you came back to play in Merlin at Ohio State, right? When you was at Ohio yeah. State, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been a while, man. Man, man, yeah, it has been. It has been. Everything's good. You and the family, everybody's good. Yeah, everything is good. My, my wife is well. My son is uh, um, playing for me now. And so that's a great experience for me at uh, USC Upstate. Oh, and um, I'm back in my home state of South Carolina. So uh, no complaints. Oh, man. Hey, Coach, you know you make me feel old now, right? You said your, you said your son is playing for you today. <laughs> hey, I remember when we was at, when we was at Murder, how small he was, man. Yeah, he was uh, he was born in 2000 at, at Maryland, and um, so he uh, he came at the right time. He he uh, witnessed uh, two Final Fours in an ACC championship. Wow, man! I, dang, I feel old, man. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 what year? What year is he? Uh, what year is he? he? He's a junior in college, wow. and he's a sophomore basketball wise. And, uh, yeah, so he started at the University of South Carolina down in Columbia, um, but he decided to transfer uh, right in the middle of the pandemic. He wanted to play basketball again. Right. So uh, I gave him a walk-on spot on the team, and um, I see him every day on the court. I, I, get, to be a fa- I get to be his father, and uh-huh. I get to be his coach. Well, how is that? How is that coaching your son in college? Like, how is that? And did you ever think that that would even happen? No, not at all. Um, because uh, he he's a good player, but he's not a big time Division One player. Right. And, and so he works hard. He's a good kid. He's a really good student. Uh, his first semester, uh, the fall semester just passed. He got a three point four GPA. Wow. Uh, he's majored in informatics and a minor in computer science. So, uh, you know, Travis, he's much smarter than you and I. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, definitely got to be for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it's one of those things to where, um, you know, I've been coaching now for 31 years. And, and, wow. and so having my son uh, on my team and coaching him, you know, I've always wanted to coach him in AEU and high school. Right. And now I get a chance to coach him in college. And um, so, um, you know, I got to remind him, instead of calling me dad, call me coach at practice <laughs> or in meetings. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But, but it, it, it's, one of the, it's one of those joys in my life that I never thought I experienced. And, right. and at this time, I have a better appreciation for it now. And that's, that's, that's amazing, man. Just to, like I said, you've been coaching 31 years. 31 years, man. I, uh, <laughs> I got into coaching my first year uh, out of college at the University of Maryland in 1990. Wow. Yeah. Because now, so you, I know you, you played at Maryland. You're a former Maryland player. Yep. So you played back, what, you got the 86 was your first year? Yeah, I played. My first year was 1985. And so I was a freshman on that team when Len Bice was a senior. Wow. And, and, and so uh, I, I, got a, I got a chance to play with him for a year. Wow. And um, had some un- unbelievable guys on that team: Speedy Jones, Derek Lewis, and Keith Gatlin, and Jeff Baxter, and 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 Greg Nard, who's my who's my best friend right now. Tony Massenberg, and and wow. uh, I played uh, a year with Walt Williams, and um, so uh, I was right in there between Len Bice and Walt Williams 
and and those and those are two of the best players that ever played at the University of Maryland. Right. So so how how was first of all because I know they just honored Lynn Bias. Yeah. And, and yeah. So how was that? I, I spoke to a number of people already about uh, Lynn Bias and what they meant to him and how he was as a, as a player and how he, how he was as a person. But I hear all these stories about, you know, even guys, you know, I talked to Tony Massenberg and he's saying he's on the court with them, playing with them, but sometimes he get caught and he was just in awe of just how, how good he was and, you know, just how much of a star he was. So what was your experience like? Cause like you said, you're a freshman when he's the scene. So he's, he's at his, his peak right now in the sense of he's limb biased, like that person, everybody knows and, you know, a, a great of a player he was at Maryland. Yeah, for me, coming from South Carolina, um, from a small town, about 300 people, and my first class at the University of Maryland had 400 in it. And so it, it was kind of a shell shock. But, uh, you know, I came to Maryland um, because of Lynn Bice and because I wanted to be around a great player and I wanted to see what a great player does. And when he didn't leave for the NBA draft as a junior, uh, that meant I had a chance to be around him for a year. And so uh, what I tell my teams and tell my coaches or anyone that asks me about him, uh, uh, by far, even to this day, and I've seen a lot of good basketball players and coached a lot of good basketball players, he is the best teammate that I've ever had. He's the hardest worker that I've ever been around, and he's the best basketball player that I've ever been around. Wow. And, and so um, it, he was – a grinder. He worked hard. He was the toughest player I've ever been around. Uh, he was the best teammate. He really cared about his teammates. He would give you the shirt off his back. Just an unbelievable guy as far as the best player in the country, but being the best teammate in the country. Right. And he loved the University of Maryland. He loved Coach Frizzell and he loved his teammates. And uh, um, in my experience that year with him is unmatched except for the two final fours in the national championship in Maryland in, in, in 2001 and 2002. Wow. Wow. And that, like I said, and you, like I said, you said you was there his senior year. So you went through that phase, but you also was there when that transition, that transition was happening. Yeah. You know, Coach Giselle to now you got Coach Williams, you know, Coach Williams in between, but then you have Coach Williams coming in where things are different now. Like before, when you first got there to, now, when you kind of been there a couple of years and, you know, Walt's coming in. So the transition of the program, trying to get things back on track. What was that like for you? And just even been in the midst of that during that time? Well, you know, it's the most difficult um, thing I've ever gone through in my life. Uh, uh, aside from what I'm going through right now with my wife and our health. And um, so um in 1985, I was a freshman coming coming from South Carolina, small town, and and um, and June 19th, 1986, we all know what happened, and um, and so that's when things got really, really tough and really, really real. And um, you know, I went through a coaching change from Coach Giselle to Bob Wade, and um, and those three years under Bob Wade was tough um, because he didn't get the support. Um, and, and it was a tough deal following Lefter Giselle, who was a legend and a great coach and his guy that recruited me out of high school. And that's the guy I came to play for. And so it, it was just a tough deal. And um, but, um, you know, 
what I say about the University of Maryland is that, you know, I picked a great, I had a great choice by coming to Maryland uh, because um, I got a great education outside the classroom. Uh, and, and, and I don't think I would have got that at Northern University. And, and I picked Maryland for the right reason because when I came on my visit, I saw people that looked like you and I doing well. And the chancellor at the university at that time was, was Dr. John Slaughter and he was black. Wow. And, and the chancellor, the president at the University of Maryland right now, he's a black guy. Right, right. And so out of all the schools I, I visited, I didn't see people that looked like you and I running things in control. And, right. and so when I came to Maryland, I was like, whoa, Washington, D.C., University of Maryland, uh, University. I'm like, this is the place where I wanted to be. Right. And so now I chose the school for all the right reasons from a, from an academic and from a, um, a, um, a um, outside the classroom deal. For basketball, it was a horrible decision. <laughs> and, and so and so I can say it now, right. I wasn't good enough to play at Maryland. Uh, you know, because when I came to Maryland in 1986, Maryland was a top 10 program in the country. Right. Right. And so when I got there, playing against Len Bias and Steve Hood and, 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 and Derek Lewis and Cedric Lewis and, right. and, and Speedy Jones and all those guys and Jeff Baxter and Walt Williams and we had Brian Williams at the time and Rudy Archer. Like those guys were great players and I was a South Carolina player of the year, but those guys were great players, you know what I mean? Right, and right. so and so at best, I was an average ACC player. And so an average ACC player is like the sixth, seventh, eighth man, eighth man. And that's all I was. And that and so I made a horrible basketball decision because if I would have gone to any other school, I would have had a better basketball career. But I wouldn't have had the experience I had at University of Maryland, even though my teammate, my role model, the guy I looked up to died of a cocaine overdose. You know, so so Maryland worked for me. I made a great decision as far as education. I, I majored in government and politics. Uh, um, um, you know, my goal at the time was to come back to South Carolina, my hometown, to be a mayor and, oh, wow. and get it and get into politics. So University of Maryland, um, political science, um, government and politics major is probably the best in the country because of the location. And I had great teachers and great faculty and and and, and great leadership. And, um, but the most important thing, I met my wife there. And, you know, I, I met my wife. She was a freshman when I was a junior. Wow. And, um, and it, it came full circle. I, I had a chance to go back as an assistant coach in 96. And we ended up having my son at the University of Maryland. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing, man. Like, like you're saying, just for you to be able to, especially as a, as a young man, during those times, at Merlin when everything was happening and the transition time to go through that. And like you said, you from South Carolina. So you just, exactly. I mean, no, I don't think no kid or no young man is going to expect that going to a college, just, just, just want to, you know, get an education, also go through basketball, but for you to go through that and to overcome that, I mean, that's a lot as well. And then I know you said that now, you know, you said you was there when Walt also came in. So yeah. you saw, you saw the shift. How was that when things started to take that turn? I know you probably was what, a junior, senior during that time, correct? Yeah, I was a senior when Walt was a freshman. And um, and actually, I was mad at Walt for almost all my freshman year because I was starting at the three, and I started for the first seven games of my senior year. 
Huh. And uh, but Walt was such a great player, he took my position. Wow. And, and so Walt Walt started, and I came off the bench. Wow. And after the after the first seven games, but Walt was a great player, man. He was a grinder. Uh, he was uh, he was different. Um, he was six eight, but he could play the one, two, three, four, and five. He had great ball skills and just a, a really good, um, just a good dude, a good teammate, just like he is right now. Right. You know, and and, um, and 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 things didn't start to shift at the University of Maryland until Gary got there. Gotcha. And, and when Coach Rims came in, I I never played for Gary. Okay. And 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 but Walt was the one of the most important recruits because he came to Maryland, but most importantly, he stayed at the University of Maryland, and and he gave the program validity on the heels of. The Lin Bai's tragedy, right. and, and, and 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 the transition from Coach By Wade to Gary Williams, and so so Walt was uh, was a trailblazer, and uh, and and he and he was doing the same things that he's doing right now. He's making a difference, and, and he loved the University of Maryland. He loved Lin Bai's, and and he wanted to be a part of the University of Maryland family, and and he did it on both ends. He graduated. Uh, he got his degree with with the class that he came in with, so he was a smart dude, and he was a first round pick in the NBA and, right. and had a great career. Right, absolutely. Like I, I mean, Walt's big bro. You know, we always have many conversations. Like you said, great guy. Yeah. Even when Merlin would come up there, give me advice. You know, even now, you know, me talking to him now, I'm still a little brother. You know, he still give me advice and, and wish me well. So. Um, I definitely know what you mean in regards to that, for sure. And, and, and if you look at it, Trav, it's like, like there, are, there, there have been some great players at the University of Maryland over the years. And, um, but the two people that everyone points to is the reason why they love Maryland is Len Bice and Walt Williams, you know? And, and, and so I recruited and coached some great players, but when everyone looked back at it and everyone talks about the University of Maryland, they talk about Lynn Bies and they talk about Walt Williams. So that's how special those two guys uh, are and were. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What was, I know, um, so when you was at Maryland, what was some of the, your fondest moments or moments that you would never forget? ACC back then was tough. ACC back then was tough, but especially. Yeah. As a player or coach? As a player, oh man, um, my freshman year playing with Len Bice was just—you know—when I tell people he was the most important athletic figure in my life, they look at me like I was crazy because he died of a cocaine overdose, right? Mm -hmm. But I can separate the two mm -hmm. uh, on the basketball court, and as far as being a teammate and, 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 and playing the game the right way, preparing the right way. There was no one like him. And so my freshman year, um, we was the first team to, to beat North Carolina in the Dean Dome. Wow. And, and that's when LB had 35 points and he stole that inbound pass and, and dunked the ball backwards on Warren Martin. And, and like that's, I, I can see that right now. Right. Right. And, um, and so that experience was unbelievable. I mean, that was an unbelievable experience. And getting to the NCAA and, and playing UNLV, that team was really, really good. 
And they had like four or five pros on the team, but LB was the best player on the court. And, and, and being able to, the one thing that I remember that Coach Giselle did, it, it was genius of him. We were not that good in the middle of the ACC season. Mm. And so what we had to turn things around. So, so this is what he told the team uh, by turning around. He said, Len Bice is my first, second, third, and fourth option. And if that don't work and you got the ball, you can take a shot. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? We turned our season around because that's how good he was. Wow. That's how good he was. And, and so uh, those two experiences I'll never forget. And But uh, meeting my wife and, and um, us eventually getting married in 1999 uh, was just something that, you know, that I can't really put my hands on. And, right. um, and, and my best friends, Greg Nod, Tony Massenberg, Jeff Baxter, I mean, the, the four of us, uh, we still get together uh, once or twice a year. We go down to Oceaneer and have a good uh, dinner and we rehash a lot of things. Like cool. those things you never forget, Absolutely. you know? And, and so um, I got a great education outside the classroom and I met some unbelievable people in my four or five years at University of Maryland. That's why I love it. And that's why I have on this t-shirt. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you might not remember this, or you might do remember this, because you probably still look for the tape. But you let me get a you let me get a Lim Bias tape. I think when they played North Carolina. Oh yeah. You let, you let me use it, and I and I, I, I think I still have it somewhere, man. But I, I definitely remember you let me see that tape because I think we talked about it one time when I was in your office and you brought it up, and I think you had a tape sitting there right along with the other tapes that you have. Yeah. Our uh, team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah, that, that, that was back that was back then when you used the VHS, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, yeah, exactly what it was. And now, yeah. Coach, so now you, you finished your time at Maryland. What made you get into coaching? Well, I, uh, I when I graduated, it took me four and a half, five years to graduate uh, from the University of Maryland. And, um, and when I graduated, um, I wanted to, uh, I had a, I, I had an opportunity to work at Kraft Foods as a salesman. And at, at the time they was giving you a $5,000 bonus. They were giving you a car and, um, and I was going to make $43,000. And so, and I really wanted that job and my territory was going to be, uh, in the Western part of Maryland. And, and, and if you know about Maryland, the western part of Maryland is where all the Maryland fans are, right? <laughs> all right, and, right. Uh, and so I didn't, I didn't get that job. And but I was offered a job at Fannie Mae because I did some uh, summer work and an internship at Fannie Mae. Mm -hmm. Then I realized that I didn't really want to do that, and I really wanted to do something that was easy and something that I loved. And so I got into coaching. So I graduated and. Um, I graduated and my high school coach made some calls for me. And my first job out of college was at Gardner Webb as an assistant basketball coach and, and, a, and a resident director in the residence halls. Wow. And, and, and so that was my transition. And so I, if I'd have got that job at Kraft Foods, okay, I came in second. If I'd have got that job at Kraft Foods, my life would have been totally different than it is right now because I would have never gotten into coaching. Right. And so, you know, but God always have a plan for you, right? 
Absolutely. And, and, and so the plan was to, uh, uh, his plan was for me to go into coaching mm -hmm. and, and have the experiences I've had the last 30, 31 years in coaching, right. you know, and, um, and, and that's how I got into coaching. I mean, I, I, um, I took a job at Gardner Webb. I made $5,000, uh, $382 and 24 cents a month. Wow. And, and, uh, and that was one of the best, best year of my life spending, uh, spending down there with no money. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And so you, you get, you get into coaching and now yeah. you get on the web. So where, where did you go after that? Like, what was, what was your, what was that process like for you in regards to you getting into coaching, you're Gardner web now, where do you go after that? Yeah. So, so my journey was, um, in 1991, I went to Gardner web and I was there for one year. And then my second year, I went to James Madison and coach Lefter Giselle was the coach there. Wow. And so I, I coached with him for four years at James, uh, for one year at James Madison. Mm -hmm. And then after that year, I, I had an opportunity to be a full-time uh, coach at, at Radford. Okay. And, and so I went to Radford University for four years. And then I had this amazing opportunity when Gary had a, a job opening on his staff at Maryland to go back to Maryland. So my first six years out of college, I coached one year at Gardner-Webb, one year at James Madison, and four years at Radford. Wow. And then when Coach Rizal in June, uh, he had a late opening on his staff. Uh, Gary Williams had a late opening on his staff at the University of Maryland. And uh, Billy Hahn gave me a call. And um, and I interviewed and got the job, and um, and that's how I met you. Well, Billy Hahn, my my guy. Billy Hahn, right? <laughs> hey, but before we move on to talk about some Merlin, some more Merlin basketball, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a two hundred fifty dollars match bonus for your first deposit. What sets them apart? is that they are required just one playthrough, turn your bonus into cash money. With their new pay, fresh pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action on going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, Coach D. Yes. Now you're back at Maryland, you're back yep. with your, your alma mater, you're back there. What's that experience like from you from going from being a player at Maryland to now you're coaching at Maryland with Coach Williams? What was that, your first your first year, what was that experience like for you just getting back on campus as a coach now? It, 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 it was surreal um, because um, whenever you can coach at your alma mater, and your alma mater is one of the best basketball programs in the country. It, it, it's something that's unreal, right? Right. And, and, and I just thought I was blessed. I, just, I, I thought that God blessed me to, for me to go back to University of Maryland, and it was the right time. And um, I'm always thankful for, for Gary because uh, he's been very instrumental in my life. Uh, because he, if he wouldn't have gave me the job at the University of Maryland, um, um, you know, when I came back, um, I got married in 99, from 96. And my wife was working, my girlfriend at the time was working at the Department of Commerce. Um, and she was an international trade specialist down in DC. And so we uh, had a chance to be together full time. 
and um, and I and and in my first year there, I, I was just pinching myself right. because uh, playing uh, coaching with Gary and Billy Hahn and Jimmy Patsos and having the players that we had, Keith Booth and Rodney Elliott and, and um, Terrell Stokes and Lawan Prophet and all those guys of being a Keezy and Brian Watkins. I mean, it, it, it was like a dream come true for me. Right. And um, and uh, in that first year, I was just an innocent bystander. I was just watching and pinching myself and right. actually being back in my alma mater. And Gary, with his intensity, and, you know, I always thought that Gary, out of anybody that coached college basketball, coached pro basketball, and they had their system, you know, he was the best at coaching his system. He knew his system inside and out, and he coached it to a T. And, 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 and every day, and you know you played for him, every day he bought it. Right. And, and so it, it wasn't like, like when I was at Maryland playing for Coach Giselle, when you played North Carolina Duke, that was a big game, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when I went back to Maryland, every game was a big game to Gary. Mm -hmm. Every game. And, and so that's when I told my friends, I said, let's say, look, look, guys, we're going to win a national championship at Maryland. They're like, why? Because Coach Williams is an everyday guy. He brings his intensity, his toughness, and his love for the game every day. Every day, and if you can get the right players to play for him, those guys, those those guys, gonna have great careers and long basketball careers as well. Absolutely. And so that that first year, it was just surreal, right? It's just being back at your alma mater, uh, rear nighting with people in the classroom, people outside the classroom, your old teammates, and you see those guys every day. Uh, it, it was just a, a big time moment, and 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 those nine years was just like that as well. And okay, you, you, you get back to Maryland, you know, you, you with the Keith Booth and, you know, like you said, Abinia Keezy, Terrell Stokes and all those guys. But now you're, you're on a recruiting hunt because I know how you recruited me and I know how you were. I mean, great recruiter, great person. I mean, you, you do it to a T. Now, but, but, but also what you did was you helped create what was going to become that national championship team, yeah. including you know yeah. the Ron Dixons, the Lonnie yeah. Back. What was what did you see when you when you was going after the Juan Dixons and Lonnie Baxter? What did you see in regards to what you were trying to do? So when, as as a coach and you're recruiting, obviously you're trying to put together the best team yeah. possible players. Mm -hmm. Um, so you having what, what was that process like, like going after Juan? Like what did did you see that he would, could you see that he's going to have the type of career that he ended up having and doing what he did for Maryland? Well, you know, Gary was very intense and, and, and he bought it every day. And so if you didn't want to be coached um, on a daily basis, Maryland was the wrong place for you. Right. And so what I did after my first year, I, I, I had to figure out my niche right. uh, and I had to figure out how to bring players in there that would be productive with Gary being a head coach. And, and, and so what I did a lot of, I didn't go to a lot of high school basketball games, but what I went to is a lot of high school practices because if a kid wasn't getting coached properly, he wouldn't be productive at Maryland. Right. And, and, and so because 
there were no off days with Gary Williams. He bought, he bought, because he loved the game and he loved his job and he loved the University of Maryland. And, and so every day he bought it. And so recruiting guys like uh, Juan Dixon and Lonnie Baxter and Chris Wilcox and, and, and that national championship team, Byron Mouton, those guys had two chips on their shoulders. And, and those guys had something to prove. Like Juan Dixon had something to prove. And Lonnie Baxter has something to prove. And like, like people like Drew Nicholas and, and, and those guys, they had something to prove. They had chips on their shoulder, right? And, and, and so people always ask me like, who, who was the like, the two or three most important guys that I recruited and coached at the University of Maryland? Um, obviously Juan Dixon, right? Uh, because Juan Dixon was a dog, man. He was just, he, he was tough as nails, a good looking guy, uh, we always had a fresh haircut, right? And uh, <laughs> 175 pounds, but he was a dog. He was tough. And, but Steve Blake, you know, because Steve Blake was a guy that was coached by Frank Martin in high school. And Frank Martin is the head coach at University of South Carolina now. Wow. And Frank Martin coached just like Gary Williams. And wow. so Steve Blake is a guy that we had to get because wow. Steve was used to getting coached on a daily basis. Right. And then getting Lonnie Baxter, like, like no one thought that Lonnie Baxter was a great player. Yeah. But 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 would you put Lonnie Baxter in the in 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 the uh, in the two three set? Yeah. In the dead ball set and the cutter rollback, there was no one else in the country that could. There was no one that could stop him. Right. And, and, and so those those three guys were just guys that you knew if you got them there. And they were made focused and remain the same type of dudes with the two chips on their shoulders. Those three guys can take you a long way. Now we had to go out and get Chris Wilcox. Uh, we had to beat some people to get him out of North Carolina. And we got Taj Holden. Taj Holden ended up being a great player as well. And, and, and having those guys with Terrence Morris there and Mike Modest is there, like that, that was a great run for two years, having those, those, those guys together. To, 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 to bridge the gap from 2000 to 2001 and then the eventual national championship team in 2002. Right. Hey, so uh, before I kind of, I kind of moved a little too fast because I got to get back to this guy because this is a guy I, I looked up to when I watched Berlin games and I tried to portray my game a little bit after him, Terrence Morris. What was it oh, like? Yeah. What, 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 was, what was that? Like I said, because I know I met him, super cool guy. Like I said, I saw Mike, I saw him and I kind of like, okay, I want to model my game, how he plays his game. What was it like coaching Timo? You know, quiet dude, but 6'9", can shoot it, and just very, very skilled guy. What was it like coaching Timo? I got to, I got, we got to talk about Timo. You know, Terrence was a, 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 a silent assassin. Um, he was, like you said, he was 6'8", 6'9". Uh, but he had great, great ball skills and had a great touch. And he was an unbelievable teammate and he wanted to be at the University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. and, and so the, the thing I remember about Terrence is that Terrence loved the university so much to where he stayed there too long, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so the, 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 if I had to go back and do it all over again, mm -hmm. like, I would have made Terrence Morris leave as a, a sophomore because he'd have been a top five pick. 
and I would have made John John Gilchrist leave after he was a <laughs> after he was the uh, the, the, the ACC uh, um, MVP of the ACC tournament uh, mm -hmm. back in 04. Mm -hmm. but, but, but Terrence Morris was an everyday guy, man. He made shots. He made plays. He was a great defender. We played that 3-2 zone. Um, when he was there, man, he covered ground. And, and he blocked shots. He got tips and steals and turnovers. But boy, he made that shot every day. Right. And, 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 and he was quiet. He was yeah. quiet and a little bit sheltered back then. Right. But he was a great player. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Timo. I love Timo game. And, and you know, obviously, um, I heard stories, you know, that, you know, he should have at that so at this sophomore year that yeah. he'd been the top five pick, you know. Yep. Still playing the league for a good amount of time as well, still had that pro uh, career because I mean he's just a skilled, a good, a very good player. So I mean, going ahead that opportunity. Um, but that's my guy for sure. Yeah, he 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 was a great player. Not, he was not a good player. He was a great player. He was he was from Frederick and, and up in that area. And um, and um, and the thing I always remember about like Juan, Lonnie, Terrence, and um, like those three guys specifically, and Steve and Steve Francis as well. Those guys wanted to be at Maryland. And, and when you wanted to be at Maryland, that's when you did your best. You know, it, it, now the guys who we had to to recruit very, very hard to be there and trick them to be there. Yeah. Those guys didn't have great careers, but the right. guys that wanted to be there, those, those, those were the most easiest recruiting situations we had. And those guys end up being the best players there as well. Right. Now you was, you was all obviously there when I had Steve Francis. Yep. Steve had that one, one that, what was it like? What was it like having Steve on the court and, 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 and coaching him obviously came in, as a great player, you know, had a lot of hype. You probably, you guys, what, did y'all, y'all knew he was gone after that one year? Yeah, he, he, he was too good. Uh, Steve was just a baller. I mean, he was, um, you know, he, he wasn't a great point guard for us, but he was just a player. And, um, you know, Gary uh, Taylor made his system to, to fit him. And, um, and obviously that's when we were pressing a lot. Right. And so Steve was on the top of that pressing 55 and in the middle of the pressing 55 and 45 and 35 and all that stuff we ran on defense. And, and Steve could cover ground because he was athletic and he was quick. And right. but Steve was just a big time baller, man. He was just a guy that you couldn't peg him in a position. You just go out and let him play. Right. And, and he loved Maryland. He loved his teammates and he shared the basketball and, 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 you know, and Steve, Probably should have played some point, but we had Terrell Stokes there. Right. But he made it work with it. Right. He made it work. And, um, but, but Steve could have gone out of junior college to the NBA and he trusted uh, Coach Williams and he trusted the program mm -hmm. that he can go higher if he come for a year. Right. And, and that one year he was there, man, he turned it out. I mean, right. there was no one like him with his skill, with his toughness, his athleticism. And all those things, man. And he, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he did everything else. Right. And that that, that year, y'all went to Sweet 16 that year, right? Y'all lost to St. John's in the tournament, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we lost to St. John's in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, they had a great team, Barkley and Ron Artest and all those mm -hmm. guys. And, um, and and we had big hopes for that team. We, we thought we can get to the Final Four with those guys. Uh, um, but fate didn't have it that way. And But Steve ended up having a great career and 
and that, and uh, and the rest is history. Right now, you know those guys leave. You know Steve leaves. Then yeah, you got Terrence. Like you said, you got you did with Terrence Morris, and y'all going a good run too as well. Like because now y'all kind of got a sense that y'all can go far with the team that y'all have. Y'all had that with the sweet. Y'all got a taste of the Sweet Sixteen. Oh yeah. Now, now it's kind of like I right, we know what it took to get there. Now we got to continue to go. You know. <clears throat> Um, so how what was that process like in that building process, you know, with the guys, you know, Juan first coming into, now he's starting to come into his own. Yeah, so when we lost Steve Francis, we also lost um, six seniors. Hmm. And so we had to start all over. So Juan Dixon, Steve Blake, Drew Nicholas, Byron Mouton, um, uh, Terrence Morris, uh, Mike Modestich, uh, Laurent Cephas, God bless the dead. Um, uh, he was on that team, a great captain, great leader. Um, um, that, that was the term. And so a lot of people don't know, uh, as freshmen and sophomores, and Terrence was a junior then, we got our butts kicked by UCLA in the second round of NCAA tournament in Minneapolis. And, and I mean, we got up, UCLA beat us by almost 40 points wow. in the second round of NCAA tournament. So after that game, the locker room, the, the, it, you, you should have seen the locker room, or how hurt and the locker room was. And then you knew from that day, from that day, that those guys was gonna come back and do everything they could do to get back to that point but most importantly, get further than that point. And so that next year, we get to the first school, Final Four in the school history in 01. And then that third year with those guys, with that nucleus, add Chris Wilcox to it, add Taj Holden, and, and add, add Byron Mouton. We, uh, we had, um, 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 we get to the Final Four again, and we win the national championship. So. You know, losing Steve Francis, we lost Steve Francis, but we also lost six seniors. Right. And we had to start the whole thing over again with that group. And that group made history at the University of Maryland. What, what was that like? What, what was it like? Okay, because I talked to some players that obviously they won the championship. And they told me how that feeling was and what that process looked like. How was it as a coach? You're, you're seeing the development in just coaching those guys and you know it's I think it's when you got guys like you said you got guys that's that wants it that that's hungry and it's the coaching is it's kind of a little easier I would assume because you don't have to really force them to do things because they go they want to practice they want to get better they oh, yeah. want to what's this thing so what was it like from a coach's perspective watching that from you know practices how developing the game and then year by year as I get to eventually winning that national championship? You know, it, it, it was tough in a sense that, um, you know, you're in the Washington DC area now and, and those guys, as good as they are on the court, they, 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 they were pretty rambunctious off the court as well, <laughs> you know? So, so, and you know what I mean with that, right? And so, uh, but those guys came to work every day, man. Uh, and those are everyday guys. And those guys loved each other and they loved the game. And, um, and so, but for me, um, I, I think we're celebrating the 20th year of the national championship this year, back in February, 
Well, this will be the first time that I get a chance to actually celebrate that. Wow. Because when it was happening, it was very stressful from a coaching standpoint. Because the pressure, we knew we had a great team. Right. And we, did, we didn't want to screw it up. Right. And so we wanted to be prepared, not so much for it as, as, as scouting report standpoint, but having the guys prepared from a mental, emotional, and a physical standpoint, right? Right. And so I didn't get a chance to enjoy that year because because we were working our butts off. Right. And so, and, 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 and right after the national championship game, I had, a, I had a head coaching job interview the next day. Wow. And so I, I never came back with the team. Wow. Yeah, and so, so in February is going to be the first time that I actually get a chance to enjoy that year and, right. and enjoy being around the guys and enjoy being around the, 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 the festivities that bought the University of Maryland the first national championship. So how, what was that film like for you? Because you played back when the program was going through that change and it was mm -hmm. kind of dark, it was kind of gloomy back then. Yeah, it was. It was. Then, then now you end up making history by bringing, so you knew what it was like then, and then you end up being back there and you end up bringing the school its first and only national championship to this day. What was that? Like, yeah, I know it, 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 it was, that's a great question, Trav. And, and it was, um, um, you know, it validated the reason why I came to Maryland, you know, as a student athlete. And I, I didn't have a good basketball career but I got a great education and I met some unbelievable people and I got a, uh, and I got a great education outside the classroom. And, 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 and my degree, no one can take that away from me. My wife got a degree from there. So no one can take our degrees from us. And we are proud of the University of Maryland. But it validated the reason why I came there because I was a high school, a high school player, but the only thing I wanted to do is win. And, and out of all the schools that recruited me out of high school, I came to Maryland because I thought I could win a national championship there. And so it, it didn't happen as a player, but it happened as a coach. And, and so that's when I, that's when it came full circle to me that I made the best decision that I can make uh, by choosing a university or college. And, and so because Everything that I chose Maryland for as a, as a 17, 18 year old, it happened. It happened to me in my thirties as an assistant coach. And so that was like a dream come true for me, really. It, it, it had to be, you know, like I said, like obviously I didn't win that championship, but just going through those dark times and then end up having those joyous times with the same university that you came from, I mean, like you said, it's probably, you can't probably can't even put it into words. No, I can't. Uh, I, I can't. And, um, you know, over the years since I left in 05, I, didn't, I ha haven't got a chance to really enjoy the program because of my career. And, um, but uh, it's a great school, great university, great area. And um, and University of Maryland will always be near and dear to me. Uh, I know great assistant, great guy, great, uh, you know, recruiter, you know, recruited me to the T. Um, so, so, so now y'all win a national championship. Now, again, you have these seniors leaving, you know, yeah. Juan, Ronnie Bassett, Chris Wilcox leaves. You have these guys. Now you got the new guys coming in. 
now it's uh it's kind of like well you still had Steve Blake, the Taj Holden, the Drew Nicholas, so you still had some old, but you got a whole fresh new coming in. What was that like in regards? Because it's kind of like similar to what you said back when yeah. Steve and those six seniors left. Now you kind of like doing it all over again in a sense because like I said, you still got the seniors from the national championship team still there. That was tough, and 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 you were there, so that was tough because. Um, when you win a national championship, uh, you have to be careful because that recruiting class with you guys, Trav, you guys are one of the top five recruiting class in the country. You know, and you, Nick Canamelli, uh, Chris McCray, John Gilchrist, uh, Jamar Smith. Uh, mm -hmm. and, 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 and I thought, you know, that we struggled a little bit that year, and I remember that. Right. right. And to, to get, Steve Blake, Drew Nichols, and you guys to kind of mesh, right. you know what I mean, Taj Holder, right. because you guys came in as a big time recruiting class, like you was a McDonald's All-American, and, and John Gilchrist was a big time player, and Nick Canamelli was all Northeast, and, 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 and Jamar Smith was a, was a junior college All-American. It's like, you guys came in with, 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 with big time villains, right? And, and you guys came in with the attitude that you guys were the reason why we won a national championship, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? and, and, and so it, it took a while for you guys to match. Right. And but we got it together to the middle to the end of that year. And we did 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 get did get uh, we did great things together. Right. And, right. and getting John Gilchrist and Steve Blake on the same page was, was tough. Right. Was tough. But right because of those guys' toughness and because of the, the love of the university and the love of the game, they played well together. Right, and, right. But, but, but I thought um, your group was a tough group to integrate into the basketball program because you guys came in, like Juan Dixon, Steve Blake, Chris Wilcox, Taj Holden, Drew Nicholas and Byron Mouton, you, from a rating standpoint, you guys were like rock stars compared to them. Right. <clears throat> and, and, and so you guys came in and everybody was talking about you guys. They weren't talking about Steve Blake and Drew Nicholas. Right. And, and so I, I, I thought it was tough. And, um, but um, because you guys were great players and great people, we got it together. Yeah, because I think that first year we went to the Sweet, we lost the Sweet 16 to Michigan State. We did, we did, and, and and that was a game where uh, Nick broke his foot, mm -hmm. and, and and we were a bad defensive rotation away from going to the Elite Eight that year. Right, right, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Then then now you have you have that real transition because now the Steve Blake's the June Nicholas yeah. all those guys are gone, and now us we're coming in now we're we basically have to fill those 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 roles you know what was that what was that like and basically like so now the national championship team is gone they're now gone you yeah. have we're young we're young we have i think uh jamar was a senior and no jamar was the jamar was a senior and uh mike grennan was a junior you know what i mean so that was the and everybody else is sophomores or sophomores and freshmen yeah so we we had that class of you guys that was in the top five in the country and um, and then we integrated DJ Strawberry and a Kennedy Beckway. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, so we had to do the whole thing over again, right? 
and um and 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 you know we had our our pains right that year and uh we had some good wins but boy we had some bad losses right and and so and, and i thought at the end of that year uh we would have played our best basketball right and we would have done some great things right and 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 we end up doing that and, right. and we got it together Travis, at the end of the season in the ACC tournament, you know, in, in 2004. I mean, right. we saved our year in the ACC tournament. Now, even though we beat Florida, who was number one in the country, mm -hmm. we, we beat them, but we had some bad losses that year. Right, right, right. And, but we came full circle because of the kind of people you guys uh, guys are and, 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 and how good of a players you guys were. We were the first team in the history of the ACC to beat the third ranked team, the second ranked team, and the first ranked team in the ACC tournament. I didn't know that. We're first team ever to do that. And, and it because you guys were great players and, and you guys got focused at the right time of the year. And, and, and we end up going on, going on a run to where we beat Chris Paul. We beat Jewish uh, Hodge, mm -hmm. and we beat those Duke guys. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. And, and then we go to the NCAA tournament, and we beat uh, Xavier with, right. with, with, with David West. Right. And uh, did we go to the Sweet 16 that year? No. So that year, so that, that we, we beat David West, man, that was my freshman year. The sophomore year we beat. Oh, yeah, so it was. Yeah. We covered down there. We lost to Syracuse at the buzzer. Like exactly, 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 yeah. exactly. That, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, a tough year, but but it ended out on a good note. Right. What What was that like for you as a coach? Seeing that obviously we're young, so we we, we had a lot of ups and downs. You know, there's times where we we go beat a Duke, and then we go lose to Clemson, and then we. So I know that was frustrating yeah. as a coach. And yeah, we kind of had some leniency in a sense because we were still technically kind of young and, yeah. and really getting the playing time because before it was, you know, Taj and Ryan and, you know, those guys. But now we got to step up in, in that one year to do a lot of different things. So what was it like for a coach perspective watching that run in ACC tournament? Because I, like I, our year was on the line right there. Like we had to win at least be Chris Paul and them to even have a chance to go into the NCAA tournament. What was that like watching from a coach's perspective? Yeah, so we finished seventh in the conference that year. And mm -hmm. so all the pundits were saying that we had to win two games in the ACC tournament to get to the NCAA tournament. Right. And, um, um, it, and it was tough in a sense that you wanted to, as a graduate of the University of Maryland and an assistant coach, you wanted to guard the program. Right. And and remember that year, Travis. Now we we had a lot of individual meetings, right? And we had to do a lot of like our best coaching, what was in our individual meetings. And, and then so sometimes you think as an assistant coach, the only thing you do is 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 coach and recruit. No 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 no. You got to mentor, right? And, 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 and you got to convince guys to do the right thing and play the right way, right? And, and, and so, you know, winning that ACC tournament in, in 2004 was a blast to me because 
I'm from South Carolina in ACC country. Right. And, 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 the, and, 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 and the ACC tournament was always one of the biggest sporting events on TV. And now I had a chance to win it. Right. And, and, and seeing John Gilchrist come around and save his year and play the way he played uh, was phenomenal. Right. And, 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 and to see John do what he do and do what he did and, and to see the big shots that you made like, like, and, and what you did, like, like we all, everybody got comfortable in their role. Coach Williams got comfortable in his role. I got comfortable in my role as an assistant coach. Jimmy Passos got comfortable in his role. And all you players got comfortable in the role. And, and, and that's when we gelled as a team at the end of the year and then gave us that momentum to go out and win the ACC tournament and get to the NCAA tournament. Right. Yeah. No, it definitely was a, uh... You know, looking back on it now, you know, when you in it, and I talked to, I talked to a number of people. I talked to, I had, I had Ryan Randall last week. Oh, yeah. A number of individuals, you know, from coaches to alumni, I mean, to boosters, to, you know, um, players, and just get different perspectives. Because when we was in that tournament, we was just like, look, it's just us. Because that's, like you said, we had an up and down season. So people was on our back. You know, the media, I remember just having that meeting. Absolutely. I, like, look, this is all, it's just us in this locker room. Don't worry about anything else. And, and, and that's kind of what we did in that tournament. You know, we kind of was like, look, we're going to go out here and have fun. And that's what Coach Williams let us do. He, 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 we barely ran, I don't even think we ran a flex that whole tournament. We played four out one in. Yep. We ran thumbs down and thumbs up. <laughs> that's, that's, but we was, we was literally like, look, we basically have nothing to lose in a sense because everybody counted us out. And let's just go, let's go, let's go hoop. Let's just go hoop. That was, that was and, and Travis, just remember now, and you bring up a good point. You said it was all about us in that locker room. And so we had that saying, F them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it, was, it, it, it was about us. Right. And, and, and anybody not in this locker room, F them, right? Right. That was, that was, and, 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 and so, but, but, when you go through stuff like that, it goes to show what kind of people you have in the locker room and what kind of people you have around you. Right. Because it, 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 the struggles we had that year, yeah. we beat the number three team, the number two team, and we beat Duke, who was the number one seed. Right. And, 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 and so it validated the reason why you guys are such great players coming out of high school. Because no team could, could no team have done that to this point. Right. And it, and it took some special people to do that. And you guys were. You know, Coach D, I was like, like I said, going back on, you know, everything. And me and you have many conversations. Oh, you know, yeah. Um, because you, you definitely was the main, like, you recruited me the heaviest. Um, and the conversation we had, especially when I got to Maryland, and, you know, I didn't really understand the trajectory and everything, all the ins and outs of being, you know, a McDonald's All-American, being from the area, then dealing with DC. That's when DC was really good. And I was, you know, I was, you know, Coach, Coach Williams called me, um, called me X Re all the time, you know, like you want to go party, you want to go out and have fun, you know. Yeah. And, and I didn't understand it until I got removed from Maryland, until like later on in my years when I was like the position I was in, you know sure. what I mean? It was a lot going on. I didn't know nothing about 
college gun, people were telling me stuff, but until you actually get on campus and experience it, they just won a national championship. So, I mean, like you said, we walked in on that. So we were still riding high on the coach. What you guys, what you guys did the year before we got there. So I tell people all the time, like to me, for me, college was a, it was, was a fog, like literally a fog for me. Like, yeah, I remember those days, all the good times, but it was so foggy for me because of everything that I was going through in my head in regards. I was, I was literally battling myself all the time because sometimes I'm reading the papers and what they say in the papers or what they say in these blogs and what people are saying. So I'm trying to, I'm literally wrestling against all these different things and still trying to play at the same time. And it was just a distraction and it was always a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, 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 and you guys had it tough and, and you explained that well. I mean, you, you guys had it tough. You came in um, after the national championship on the heels of the national championship, not only the national championship, but you came in and on a brand new arena. Uh, the Comcast Center at the time. And, and so uh, that was one of those things where it was hard for you guys to handle. And, and that's why we struggled off and on uh, during your first couple of years there. And, and, and so, um, but, you know, the, if, if you can keep things in perspective, and I know it's hard to do that now. And so I'm at a level right now where it's like mid-major, low-major, Right, and I'm right. not at high major, so I can recruit kids and, and young men under this premises. Right. You got five years to do four, and that's the only thing you get out of. Like, so you got five years to do four, right. and meaning you got five years to get a college degree, and that's the only thing that you're promising for it, for it, right? Right, right. And, and so being up, being up in the Washington D.C. area, I, I, I think any coach at the University of Maryland or Georgetown. You got, you got to do a great job at fighting the outside elements because mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., to me, is the best city in the country. Right. But it's the best city in the country for, for some wrong reasons as well. Absolutely. Right? And, 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 and so even though you were from there, you guys got caught up. Right. And so I think you got to do a great job of coaching between the ears. Because you've got to be focused. It, 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 you know, you got to have this deal where mind right, game right. Right. And, and, and like, how many days were your mind not right? You see what I'm saying? How long was that, How long was that, brother? <laughs> <laughs> 30 at a time. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. And, 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 and so, so I, I just think first, you got to do a good job of coaching between the ears. Mind right, game right. And you got to do a great job of, of making sure you have that family atmosphere and that you got to keep everything tight and, and you got to keep everything focused. And, and, and so if you can do that, if you can do that, you're going to have a great program. So, so, so now you, you have your time at Maryland, won the national championship, final four, three sixteens, ACC championships, now you decide to finally move on. And oh, yeah. Yeah. What was that? What was that? Was that a tough decision? I, I kind of know the answer to that, but I'm still going to ask you. Was that a tough decision? And then what made you say, you know what? I, I, I have to do this for me. Well, you know, at that time, being at Maryland for my first seven, eight years, like I was one of the top assistant coaches in the country. 
Yes, she was. And, and I was turning down jobs to stay at Maryland because my alma mater, I loved it there. And, and I felt that uh, um, after the 05 season, you know, DJ Strawberry get hurt uh, and he tears the ACL. And um, we, we don't get to the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I just thought it, it, it was my time to be a head coach. And so now I can look back and say, I probably should have stayed another two or three years. You know, because I, I take the head job at Tulane and my first year I had to deal with Katrina. I remember that, right. And, 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 and so, and that was very, very difficult to deal with. And, um, and but there, there's no regrets, right? right? There's no regrets. And so uh, had a rough five years at uh, Tulane. And then I had an uh, unbelievable opportunity to go to Ohio State where I had a great seven, uh, seven years there. And uh, we get back to a Final Four and coach some great players and some good friends and, 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 uh, and, and had an unbelievable time. I, got, I, I had a chance to get my wife back to Ohio because that's where she's from, uh, Cleveland. And, and so those seven years at Ohio State was unbelievable until Maryland came in the Big Ten. <laughs> And we had to compete against those guys, right? right, right. Uh, but uh, hey, no regrets in my career. And, and but but I've had, if I had to do it all over again, I would have never left in 05. I would have stayed there, stayed at Maryland for another couple years, and I and I think she, things would have turned out better for me. But I had a chance to go to New Orleans, and which is a great city, and, and I had a chance to go to Columbus, Ohio and work at the Ohio State University. I met some unbelievable people and here I am right now. Right. <clears throat> now, uh, being an alma mater from Maryland, obviously you see what things are going on there right now. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts on that in regards to, I, I mean, nobody has never seen like a coach really leave in the beginning of a season, like when the season's just started. What are your thoughts on that? And what do you think Maryland needs now in order to get that that thing back that they once had in regards to what the the fans or the boosters or alums are looking for from what what they want they want to see Maryland get back to a certain spot. What do they need for that to happen? Yeah, so I I think that's an easy question. Um, um, uh, Mark, you know he he did what he did, and and so um, um, and and people fought him for doing it when he did it. Uh, but he did it right. And, and, and so we can't change that. And right. so, well, I think that's a good thing for Maryland because Maryland now, uh, is going to do the things it need to do for the program to make the coach successful instead of the coach, make the program successful, you know? Right. So, so there's a lot of things University of Maryland need that they right. don't have. Right. Like I, I went back to Maryland the, the third week of September. And to a football game, Greg Nod and Tony Masterberg and Jeff Faction and myself, they still have the same locker room that, that we had in, 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 in um, 2003 when we right. moved to right. the Comcast Center. Right. And, and, and they're in the Big Ten right now. They don't have a practice facility. Right, right. It, 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 you know, so, so I always think when there's a coaching change at a university, the university have a chance to reflect and, and, and look at themselves a little bit. Right. And, and so now I, I think the next coach at the University of Maryland 
is going to have a great situation because because the university as a whole see everything that they've done for football. Well, you got to do the same thing for basketball, right? Right. It, it, because Maryland, because Maryland is one of the best basketball jobs in college basketball, right? And one of the best areas in the whole country, right? And, and so Maryland should be a top ten program, right? And, and so now if the university can change their way of thinking right. and, and say that we're going to do stuff to make our coach and this program successful instead of the coach doing it. Because, because at that level, if you don't do those things, you're not going to get what you want. Right. And, and so I, 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 I love Mark. I, I thought he did a good job there. Right. And, and he was a really good coach. And I, I you know, some of the, some of the things off the court, he didn't like doing, yeah. I get that, you know, right. it's the Washington DC area. Right. Absolutely. And, and so, but I, I think Maryland needs a coach that wants to be there. Right. Right. That a hundred percent wants to be there and want to embrace everything that happens within that beltway. Right. Right. Good, bad, indifferent. Right. And you got to make, um that beltway the most important thing because having you john gilchrist chris mccray like that was a great thing for us right and, and having juan dixon and lonnie baxter that was a great thing for us and, and, and now the, the the next coach gonna have an opportunity to get those guys right and, right. and, and, and even though even though um you may not get the best player, but you better get the second and third and fourth best player because those guys are good enough for you to compete for a national championship. Right. I mean, you guys proved that. The guys absolutely. Proved that. I, 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 absolutely. So I, I just think that the university is going to do a better job with the next coach. Mm -hmm. And, and, but first of all, you got to choose a coach that really wants to be there. Right. And, and going to embrace everything about that job. Right. It's a tough job, but it's a great job and it's a great place to live. So, I mean, I mean, you went to Maryland. I mean, would you would you ever consider coming back to Maryland? Hey, Trav, you, you, you know, that that's an easy question. You know, right. when I went back there in 96, man, I, 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 I thought it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. And, 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 and I'm just like, any former player or any former coach that graduated from University of Maryland, that's a dream job. Right. That's a dream job. That's a good job. Right. And, and but but Maryland would be able to go out and get um, uh, a good coach, and they were and, and and but 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 the most important thing is the coach wants is must want to be there, right. and must want to embrace everything about that program. And you must embrace the former players, no, no matter who they played for. Absolutely. If they played for Gary, they played for Coach Giselle, they played for Mark Turge, it makes no difference. Right. You've got to embrace everything about the University of Maryland. Right. And, and if you can do that, because I was with a guy for nine years that embraced every single thing about the University of Maryland and the Washington, D.C., DMV area. Absolutely. And, and so that next person has got to do that. I, I definitely agree with you there. I think a lot of people agree with you there. <clears throat> you know, I had many conversations with people about who they think I should, I, who, who I, who they think I should 
come back. I said, look, man, you know, it has to be exactly what you're saying. They have to know that Maryland failed and, and have to embrace it, you know, and have to really care about it and especially care about recruiting and trying to recruit this area. You know, yeah, always. And, and that's true, but, but Maryland is unique in the sense that you got to embrace the, the history. Right. And you got to embrace the past and you got to embrace the future. Right. And, and, and because, you know, we have some proud alums mm -hmm. and, and that need to be stroked and need to be embraced. Right. And, and that's the thing that I thought we did a good job of in my nine years of bringing everybody back into the program. Right. And, and, and just imagine that year that the NBA was on lockout and, and, and we had our alumni game. Mm -hmm. Like we had like 50 guys there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like 50 guys there. And, and right. so, and I thought Gary did an unbelievable job of that. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But, but Coach D, I want to tell you, you know, like I said, as you get older, you, re you reflect on, you know, your past and, you know, the ups and downs. And, you know, I, a lot of people, a lot, especially what I'm doing now in my profession and how I'm trying to help people and help kids. I think about all the advice that you guys gave us at Merlin, you know, even sometimes, you know, Gary wanted me, Coach, Coach Gary, Coach Williams wanted me to do things one way and I wanted to do things my way. Absolutely. But I, I, I look back and I always, you know, I, even when I see them now, I thank them for everything they did for me and the advice that they gave me. Even you, you know what I mean? You always, you know, when I was being a knucklehead or when I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, you always put me to the side and you always, you always told me. Oh, I yeah. Knew, oh, I yeah. Knew, I, knew, I knew I was a, a headache for, for sure. But you know, I knew that you really cared and and I appreciate those conversations, even to this day. You know, I appreciate, you know, you've been my coach, you've been my mentor and somebody that really cared about wanting the best for, for me. And um, I just want to say, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you now, you know, even just taking time out your, your schedule to, to come on my podcast and have this conversation with me. You know, it was definitely great catching up with you. I definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, like I said, it's always great catching up with, you know, people that cared about you. And, you know, we've been together for, we was together for three years. You oh, man. about high school, you know, so I definitely appreciate you. Well, I, I tell you what, man, just seeing your face, man, it just brings back so many great memories. And, and obviously hearing your voice and, and seeing you right now and, 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 and just seeing that sign on the back there, think first, uh, it, it shows how much you've had matured. And, um, and, and the only thing I wanted, and, and this is how I can tell that I've been successful as a coach. When a young man can leave the university that I coached at, be able to take care of himself and take care of his family. And, and, and so that's what it's all about, you know? And, and, and I know it's a little different right now with the different nuances in big time college basketball. But seeing you doing what you're doing right now, then I know that I've been successful. And, and, and look, man, as much as you appreciate me, as much as I, that's how much I appreciate you and all the guys you played with. I definitely appreciate you, Coach, man. You know, I appreciate you joining the Go Terpers with Travis Garrison on the Field of Six Eight Networks. You know, definitely going to keep the wife in prayers for sure. Um, definitely tell the son I say hello. Tell the family I say hello. Um, we definitely got to stay in touch for sure. You know, um, especially with things I'm working on, I definitely want to 
you know, get your advice and, you know, just keep up with what's going on with you and your family. So definitely got to stay in touch for sure. Well, uh, I can tell you one thing. Uh, about five years ago when Maryland didn't make the NCAA tournament, my wife and my son and I always do the NCAA brackets. Uh-huh. My wife still chose Maryland to win the national championship, even though they weren't in the tournament. Wow. So, so, so we are Maryland fans and we, we love the <laughs> university. Travis, great seeing you, man. Love you, brother. I love you too, man. I appreciate you, coach. Thank you very much. Hey, hey tell everybody I say hello, okay? I will do. Thank you. Okay, baby.